Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Ag Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Sask Ag Today. Coming up on today's program, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimate Report released this week had little immediate impact on the grain markets. We'll hear from Adam Pacallo, a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial. Three cattle groups are calling on the federal government to defend Canada's science-based trade standards. We'll hear from the President of the Canadian Cattle Association, Nathan Finney. And even during drier than normal years, there are a few regions of Saskatchewan that do well in the rainfall lottery. We'll hear from one of those people, George Hins, who farms in the Humboldt area. All of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of Saskag Today. Beef and Forage Report. Chicago Mercantile Exchange Live Cattle Futures galloped to new highs yesterday on short covering combined with continued concerns about U.S. tight supplies. The U.S. beef cow herd at the start of the year dropped to its lowest level since 1962 after a severe drought raised costs for livestock feed. Tighter supplies have reduced profit margins for processors. Meat packers earned $30.90 per head of cattle they slaughtered on Thursday, down from $72.45 per head a week ago, according to HedgersEdge.com. Meat packers slaughtered an, uh, slaughtered an estimated 124,000 cattle in the U.S., down from 126,000 cattle a week ago and 127,000 cattle a year ago. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of our program, and that's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. Canadian farmers will harvest slightly more wheat and a bit less canola than expected earlier in summer, but dry conditions will keep both crops small. That's according to a government report released yesterday. Statistics Canada estimates all wheat production at 29.8 million metric tons, the second lowest in eight years and down 13% from last year. The estimate was slightly higher than StatScan's estimate of 29.5 million metric tons in its previous report on August 29th. StatScan estimated Durham production at 4.1 million metric tons, down 30% year over year, and the second smallest crop of the wheat used to make pasta in 13 years after the worst 2021 drought. The agency had previously estimated production of 4.3 million metric tons. Farmers look to produce 17.4 million metric tons of canola, down 7% from last year, and their second smallest crop in nine years. StatsCan had previously estimated 17.6 million metric tons. StatsCan left its oat harvest estimate at 2.4 million metric tons, down 53% from last year. Markets Farm Pro Analyst Mike Jubinville says Statistics Canada's principal field crop production report released yesterday did not contain too many surprises. 
He says the agency's previous report on August 29th already provided insight as to what production numbers were going to be, but still warned the model-based projections in the latest report will not be as accurate as the survey-based report due out in December. Despite questions over the report's accuracy, adjustments to the production figures compared to the August report were modest and mostly expected. One of the few surprises was the canola production estimate being revised downward by nearly 200,000 metric tons to 17.368 million after the trade had expected a 300,000 metric ton raise. However, Jubinville doesn't think any of the adjustments, including that for canola, had effects on the markets. The report highlighted how much the hot and dry weather in the prairies cut production for Canada's major crops. A United Nations Special Rapporteur on Modern Slavery has called out Canada's Temporary Foreign Worker, or TFW, programs, including those in the agriculture sector. Tomoya Obokata, who was appointed by the UN's Human Rights Council, spoke in Ottawa last week following a 14-day visit to Canada. He called the programs a breeding ground for contemporary forms of slavery and called on the government to better protect worker rights and offer a clear path to permanent residency for migrants. The use of TFWs has exploded in recent years. A 2022 document from Stats Canada says in 2000 about 110,000 TFWs came to Canada. In 2021, that figure had reached 770,000. About 15% of the agricultural workforce in Canada are TFWs, the highest proportion of any sector. The Migrant Workers Alliance for Change welcomed the statement and especially endorsed the call for better pathways to long-term or permanent residency. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has summoned the country's top grocers to help find solutions to the surging food prices and vowed to cut federal taxes on new rental buildings as he fights an affordability crisis that has dented his party's opinion poll ratings. After meeting with Liberal Party legislators in London, Ontario, Trudeau says the government asked the executives of the five largest grocery chains, including Loblaw, Sobeys and Metro, to come to Ottawa next week to explain how they will stabilize prices. The five companies, representing 80% of the Canadian grocery market, have until October 9th to come up with a proposal. In 2022, Canada's three largest grocers, Loblaw, Sobeys and Metro, collectively reported more than $100 billion in sales and earned more than $3.6 billion in profit. Alberta's agriculture minister is heading to South Korea and Japan on a trade mission. R.J. Sigurdsson is to travel from September 15th through the 23rd. The visit aims to promote Alberta's agriculture and agri-food products. Sigurdsson is to meet with agribusinesses in the Asian countries, as well as government officials and media. And be sure to listen to the latest SaskAg Today podcast, it's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Welcome back to Saskang Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's smoky and 14 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. 
The U.S. Department of Agriculture's World Agricultural Supply and Demand Estimate report released this week had little immediate impact on the grain markets. That's according to Adam Pacallo, a commodity futures advisor with PI Financial. Yeah, we did see definitely some movement when it came to the USDA WASDE report. Overall, it wasn't, I would say, a massive factor for for this week. Um, You know, we did see uh, kind of on the kind of soybean side of things, a little bit lower kind of of a bearish report. Uh, Beans are trading down kind of to the lower end of the range here today, uh, sitting at about 1345. Kind of the rise in harvested area for U.S. soybeans versus June is really almost negligible overall. But I am seeing, again, on the canola side especially, uh, a bit of a a weaker market here recently. So this week, the November canola futures were down about $25 a ton to where they currently sit at about 755. Uh, so not too long ago, uh, just on September 5th, so 10 days ago, uh, we were sitting at about $810 a ton on no- the November contract. So that's a, a pretty large decline that we have seen kind of about that $55 a ton in the last six uh, trading days there and kind of in a row. And now we've started to see, I think, canola trade a little bit more sideways here on the charts. Uh, it seems like it is probing for a low. Um, but right now, I would say that it seems that uh, the U.S. kind of weather outlook for for beans is mixed um, with recent rain kind of lighter than expected. But uh, unfortunately for the bull camp for soybeans, farmers are expected to seem to be aggressive sellers uh, with their harvested beans kind of seeming right now. So I, I don't believe that canola, you know, maybe is going, you know, it's skyrocketing from here right back up to the highs, but with the, the Canadian lower crop of about 17, 18 million tons of, of canola, uh, I think that is supportive for the prices. I don't necessarily think we're going back down to that uh, 600 level by any means right now. Pacallo then goes into the wheat futures. On the wheat side, Minneapolis on the December contract increased about uh, six cents a bushel. Um, kind of in my opinion, it seems that wheat prices might be making their seasonal lows. Tighter global supplies are expected in 2024 once Russia does move their stocks. So technical indicators at least are starting to kind of point a little bit higher on the wheat crop. Um, so I think the odds are, are kind of more in favor for some upside gain. That's where I am talking about with clients if they are moving their wheat kind of off the combine this year, maybe to look at buying March or even May call options, just depending on the client. He says the USDA WASDE report ended up having very little effect on canola and wheat futures. That's correct. It just it didn't seem like there was kind of much change uh, in terms of kind of going through the numbers. You know, U.S. on the crop production side, uh, yields were a little bit higher on corn, um, a little bit lower on beans. Production was actually lower on beans as well, too, but then higher on corn. So um, kind of the initial reaction was kind of a little bit lower for sure on kind of both markets. But kind of since then, um, you know, beans are still trending to the lower end of the range while corn is uh, kind of actually kind of around the same as well, too. So it, it wasn't, I would say, overly bearish. But right now with the seasonal time of year, it doesn't surprise me that we're maybe trending a little bit lower. 
Pacallo talks about other factors that could be influencing canola and wheat futures. Maybe not necessarily wheat, but in general, uh, one thing I have been watching is how crude oil has been making new highs. So uh, WTI crude in the U.S. is up over $90 a barrel. Uh, that's a, a very large breakout that we've seen here in the last couple weeks. And I know we talked about that with you before. Uh, you know, I think that could just be positive for, for oil seeds in general here, or at least supportive, maybe not, uh, again, directly influencing it but it's something that i'm i've been talking about with clients in terms of diesel hedging and things like that and he offers an outlook for next week and beyond well that's kind of really the main thing that i would say kind of is an outside kind of market factor the next usda small grains report is until september 29th so a couple weeks from today so there won't be really any reports i would say that uh, kind of our our market moving right now Adam Piccolo is a Commodity Futures Advisor with PI Financial in Winnipeg. It's time now for the Livestock Market Conditions and their presentation of Heartland Livestock in Verdon. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Brandon. Livestock Market Conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 186.92. That's up 145. December live cattle closed at 191.82, up 147. October feeder cattle closed at 264.47, up 260. November feeder cattle closed at 268.12, up 327. October lean hogs closed at 83.12, down 22. December lean hogs closed at 75.10, unchanged from yesterday's close. And that's the livestock market conditions. Please stay tuned. Saskag Today will continue right after these messages. Welcome back to Saskag Today. Three cattle groups are calling on the federal government to defend Canada's science-based trade standards. The Canadian Cattle Association, Canadian Meat Council and the National Cattle Feeders Association launched a campaign Tuesday called Say No to a Bad Deal. President of the CCA, Nathan Finney, says the campaign raises awareness of an ongoing bilateral trade talk between Canada and the U.S., I make that the U.K., specifically around beef and pork. We're basing our industry off science, um, which we always support science-based trade, science-based rules and science-based outcomes and we've got one of the highest safest food systems in can or in the world here in Canada and the UK will not recognize that system as being acceptable to trade into their country. Finney says the United Kingdom not accepting Canada's food safety standards has led to a disadvantage for us. The UK is looking for acceptance and ratification into this trade deal, but they're also bringing this regulation issue along with them. And, and Canada has announced that they, the Canadian government announced that they would support their accession into the CPTPP. And we're saying absolutely not until these regulations 
are dealt with. So this is what the basis of the campaign is. You know, once these regulations, if we would get back to the table and, and deal with these, we would 100% support the accession of the UK into the CPTPP. The three groups emphasize fair trade, which Finney describes as reciprocal. Our beef industry, 50% of what we produce here in the country is exported. Uh, we rely heavily on exports, and our growth in the industry relies heavily on exports. So we need to have make sure we have fair, science-based, rules-based trade, and we will accept all these trade deals as long as they follow those principles. He describes the term science-based, which he said frequently as something the beef and pork industry prides itself on, conducting the necessary due diligence to ensure Canada's standards are the best in the world. The vast majority of our trading partners, when they see the Canadian flag logo on the package, they know exactly what that stands for. And we have a lot of solid partnerships that we continue to build on. And we would like the UK to recognize that uh, as well. And um, hopefully we can, we can get to that point sooner rather than later. He's had conversations with his UK counterparts who remain firm in their stance. The irony is, is they use the same you know, systems on different products, but they, it, it's come, came down to, you know, within their, within their government, they politicize all the regulations have to go before, before Parliament. And we're expressing that we want the only use of science-based regulations. We don't need politicized regulations to be imposed, and we're hoping that we'll get back on track with some conversations and have them realize that this is the only route that our industries globally should be should be basing our trade and, and our production systems off of is, is a science-based approach. The three groups say should those barriers not be removed, they're asking Parliament to ensure Canadian producers and processors are compensated for the damages and losses that will result. It's time now for the Commodities Update, and that's a presentation of Ducks Unlimited Canada. Ducks is offering a new winter wheat program package that will help with your crop's yield and water retention. The winter cereal program package comes with agronomic advice from seeding to harvest and more. With I4. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board again today. November canola closed at 763.90 up $5.10 January canola closed at 772.50 up $5.30 December Minneapolis wheat closed at 789 per bushel up 5 and a half cents December Kansas City wheat closed at 746 and a half up 10 cents December Chicago wheat Closed at 604 and a quarter. That's up 10 and a half cents. December corn closed at 476 and a quarter, down four and a quarter cents. November soybeans closed at 1340 and a quarter, down 20 and a quarter cents. December oats closed at 479 per bushel, down three quarters of a cent. And that's the commodities update. Welcome back to Saskang Today. I'm Doug Falconer. 
And even during drier than normal years, there are a few regions of Saskatchewan that do well in the rainfall lottery. Right now, one of those areas is around Humboldt. George Hins farms in the Humboldt area. I would say uh, it's been sporadic, but right where I am, I'm four miles east and six miles south of Humboldt. And I would say in a corridor from running about six miles north of Humboldt to all the way south down to Lanigan, about a 40-kilometer radius in there, and then it goes maybe 10 kilometers west of Highway 20, and I don't know how far east it would go, maybe to Watson, maybe beyond that to Quill Lake. In this season alone, we've had 10 inches of rain, so our water has been sufficient. In fact, I lost some crop due to drowning as opposed to drought like most of the guys in the province. He says most of that rain came in August. Five inches in August alone, which is more than most of the poor guys that got none all saw all year, but it did rain also in June, July, too. Hin says his harvest is just nicely underway. Not too far, maybe 20%, slowly grinding along. I, I'm actually looking at buying a bigger combine because we've got such a big crop, it's slow going with my old 30-year-old smaller machines. As for his yields... I actually feel guilty telling you this. It's, it's astronomical. Like, barley is in 100 bushel range, Spring wheat is 70 to 80. I think oats was in the 125 to 130 range. Canola, nobody's done it yet, but I'm sure that'll be in the 50, 60 range. It's just, it's just unbelievable. Hens grew Durham in the Humboldt area this year as well. Like everything else, that looks fantastic. I'm kind of excited to get into it. I was at the elevator the other day, and I saw another guy that grows it, and he's north of me up by Middle Lake and uh, that way, and he has his off, and it looks beautiful. If my wheat's doing 75, I expect the Durham's going to do 75, 80 plus maybe. I don't know. It's going to be high. But he hopes he doesn't get any more rain until the harvest is done. I would not, no. I would hope that there, our rain can stay away now. I don't really want to see any more rain right now. Hin says he saw a lot of rain variability in his area this year. Yes, even here, you know of a guy that farms 15 kilometers north of Humboldt, and he was so frustrated, he said it would rain up to his town, but then quit, and it wouldn't go north and it wouldn't go west. So you'd only have to go about 30, 40 kilometers north of me, and there the crops were not that great because they only saw maybe half the rain that I got. He notes his daughter is training to be a veterinarian in west-central Saskatchewan, and she had some stories to tell from there. Oh, yes, uh, our daughter Emma was working in Rosetown, and, uh, you know, she's a farm girl, and she knows what goes on here and she asked dad you know dad what are the crops like i said well they're phenomenal actually she said oh it's pretty sad out here she said you know guys were harvesting the start of august and reporting the yields and not too good you know i said yeah i know i, I kind of feel guilty even talking about this you know but what do you do i i didn't go to church and it still rained hin says his harvest of course is only about 20 percent done but he's not worried about the frost. No, it is going to freeze, that's a given. But uh, last couple of years, it, it hasn't frozen till I don't, can't remember last year, I don't think it froze until the first week in October. It seems to be getting later every year. So as far as causing any harm, no, it can't, because either the crops are swathed, or a good chunk, most guys are going straight cutting, so they've sprayed their canola or swathed their canola. So whether it freezes today, tomorrow, next week, it's not going to hurt anything. He says seeding didn't go all that well for him. For me, I bought a new seeder and we had some difficulties. So 
I was a little behind schedule, but it didn't really seem to matter because we had such a rainy August. Usually me and my cousin are neck and neck, but I was about a week and a half behind him and I was watching his crops ripen. But in the end, I kind of caught up to him because he couldn't go when he wanted to go in August because it was raining for two weeks. Hin says when it comes to harvest progress, he's behind most producers in his area. I would say the guys at the bigger, newer combines probably unseated early. Some guys might be in more like the third to half done, you know, I would say in that range. And he adds he will have some big decisions ahead on when to sell his crops. Well, yeah, the prices are a little softer currently, so I I don't have much forward contracted uh, after two years ago. Me and everybody else got a bit gun shy on that. So I'm just going to put it in the bin or in the bag and uh, hope that the price goes up in a couple months, and then I'll talk, think about selling. George Hins farms in the Humboldt area where crops are yielding better than normal after receiving good amounts of rain during the growing season. It's now 1 o'clock in Saskatchewan, 2 o'clock in Manitoba. Time to check the GX94 precision weather forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today. Partly sunny with considerable smoke and a 30% chance of spotty showers. Winds north-northwest at 20 to 35 and a high of 19 degrees. For tonight, clearing. Winds east-northeast at 10 to 15, a low of 6. Tomorrow, sunny. Winds east-southeast at 10 to 20, a high of 21, an overnight low of 10. For Sunday, sunny, winds south-southeast at 20 to 30, and a high of 25. For Monday, sunny, also a high of 25, and Tuesday, mainly sunny, a high of 21. In the Paw, Dauphin and Roblin, it's 14 degrees. Swan River and Brandon, 16. Show Lake Russell, 13. Regina is at 18 degrees, Saskatoon 19, Hudson Bay, Winyard, Wadena, Kelvington 14, Broadview, Mooseman 15, Indian Head 17. The Yorkton, Melville region has some smoke, a northwest wind at 21 kilometers an hour, 78% is the relative humidity, the temperature is 14 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for Saskag today for today. Be sure to tune in again on Monday at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines. Saskag today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Saskag Today has been brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner.